Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. This is what I call freedom. Well, I want to say, I want to tell you, I want to say, when you can do what you want to do, and go where you want to go, and leave where you want to leave.
Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, thank you. Okay, thanks. Uh, uh, welcome. Uh, all right. All right. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Thank you for that. I know uh, a lot of you out there feel like doing something like that. The applause. Um, thank you. Thank you. This is Monday, starting a brand new week, and we have a lot of great things going on on the show. Most of it commentary. But um, our guest today is author Amanda Adams. Wow. What a very nice, common, ordinary American name, right? <laughs> I get so many people on the show, their names are so, you know, weird that I can't even pronounce them. But it's nice to have someone on the show who, with a great American name, Amanda Adams, you know, like Mary Jones or somebody, or Mary Collins, a uh, straight up ordinary name. Even though I, I love people no matter what their names are, but if I can't pronounce them, I'll try. But, uh, you know, American names are, are super. Anyway, uh Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, uh, broadcasting live out of Chicago. I am in my studio in the, stu- uh, in the city of Chicago. We're near the lake. It is beautiful. Daylight saving time is on. It is on, man. It is on. It, the days are getting shorter. <laughs> and uh, But it, it's nice and cool. Now, it feels like fall because it is fall. We've had some rain over the weekend, man. It rained like cats and dogs. It felt like it was not going to stop. Some places actually flooded in the city of Chicago. I mean, it's, it's you know, the news crews are on it and they're reporting it. And uh, so it rained, but it was nothing like, you know, Texas rains, Houston rains and nothing like that. But it rained all, all I think it rained all weekend. The past weekend, it rained in the city of Chicago. I mean, it rained its ass off. It rained, boy. And uh, but you know what? Everybody was kept saying, "Oh, we needed to rain. If we needed it, we got it. We surely did get it." I mean, it was like nonstop, man. If it stopped for a second, it started right back up again, and it poured. But uh, we're all right here. I mean, it's, it's okay. It was just a uh, maybe a late rain, a fall rain or something. But it it totally, totally uh, <laughs> wet a few things up. I uh, You know, some of the plants that, that were uh, 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 plants, flowers or whatever, if you were planting flowers or something in your backyard or something or in your front lawn or something, your plants probably drowned because... <laughs> It, it rained like cats and dogs. I used to have a friend who used to say every time it rained, he said, "Man, it cats and dogs." And um, it it, uh, it rained cats and dogs. Anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're listening. I do appreciate your time because your time is your time, and uh, I try not to um, waste any of your time. You know what the show is about. You know. You've listened before. You know the format and all that kind of thing. You know what that we're on four days a week. Four days a week. Yeah, Monday through Thursday. No Friday, no Saturday, and no Sunday. Those are times I I'm off to for family time. Time, uh, you know, doing other things. 
and editing, <laughs> doing a lot of editing, you know, um, some some writers out there are saying that editing is editing their own material is harder than doing the first draft. I might agree with them on that. But anyway, when you're when you're doing that first draft, you're getting something down on paper. And then you got to go back and try to straighten it out, you know, make it seem, give it some sort of coherency. Uh, <laughs> some beginning and end. But you know what? A lot of stories, a lot of books, a lot of stories do not have, they have a beginning and a middle, but they don't have an end. You know, it doesn't matter how many pages it is. They don't have an end. They don't have an ending. I mean, a lot of stories when they when they start to end, they just they kind of drop off, and you wonder what the hell, you know. And a lot of authors and and and, and movie people do that on purpose, but because they want you to think that there may be a sequel or a second story coming, so they'll drop it off. They'll drop off, cut off the ending, ending, or leave you hanging, as some people would say, at the end of the story, because they 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 feel that they are going to be writing a sequel or even a, a trilogy to the story because they feel that, you know, it's going to be that good. So even I do it sometimes. I do it in some of my short stories and some of my books. I'll, you know, I, I'll say, hey, well, I'll cut this off. You know, I'll leave the readers hanging. And um, because I feel that I'm going to be doing another book and I want them to look out for the next book or the next story. So it, it's what, Authors, writers, movie producers, screenwriters, this is what they do. They leave you hanging, sort of, uh, waiting for the next installment, if there is a next installment. A lot of uh, movies and stories will leave you hanging, uh, waiting for the next installment, the next book, and there is no next book. You know? So, um, yeah, uh, Amanda Adams, uh, you know, she's an author. And uh, I've, I've had so many authors on the show, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of uh, uh, authors are doing the right thing by having a middle, and excuse me, a beginning, middle, and end to their stories, no matter how short it is. Even if it's a one-page essay or a one-thirsting of whatever you're doing, you're gonna have a beginning, a middle, and an end, or you, or you get a lower grade, and. I have uh, read a lot of books. I mean, I have read quite a few books. And some of the books are just awful. And some of them are great, beautiful, wonderfully written, uh, wonderfully formatted, great story, but some are just awful. You know, I mean, poor editing, uh, spelling. uh, It seems that the author just threw that crap out there and said, buy it, you know, but I mean, when you write, you really have to take, take uh, care about what you're doing. You just don't put stuff down and just throw it out there for people to read. You're going to get criticized. You're going to get lambasted. You're going to get blasted, you know, for putting something out there that even if you're selling it for 99 cents or even if you're giving it away for free, you don't want to give away because most majority of the time when the author is giving away their work for free at a certain point, they're trying to, what they're doing really is promoting it, promoting themselves, you know, okay, I'm going to give you this book here for free. I'm going to give you this story for free. But then next time I write something, you're going to have to pay for it. Or, 
you know, um, some authors um, giveaways um, have giveaways every week for their for their material. I used to do it a lot. I mean, I used to just just give away stuff like, you know, being a nice guy. And then I learned <laughs> uh, because people are always looking for something free. People want something that's free. You you give them a, a free book there, downloaded 2001, will give you a review. And that's just not me talking. Other authors have said the same thing. They said they've uh, had plenty of downloads on their free material. They know because they there's a system where you can see people who are, see the people or see the downloads that have been been done to your work. Uh, a thousand people will download your book, maybe even more than that, but that doesn't mean that they know how to write a review. I'm, I know authors um, who have work that who have work that has been up on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, and they don't have one review. There's no review. But yet they have plenty of people who have downloaded their material. Uh, I've said for years that uh, reviews will, they will not sell your book. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't want a review. I, you know, hey, I love reviews. I think they look great up there, but reviews will not sell your book. And if anybody will not get people to buy your book, What's going to get people to buy your book is a great, riveting, well-written, well-formatted, well-produced story uh, and a cover. Sometimes the cover doesn't even matter, you know, because I've read a lot of books with very nice covers, beautiful covers. But the minute I opened that thing and started to read, I closed it right back up. The first page, I see the errors. All over this, and sometimes when you see a lot of errors in something you're trying to read, you put it down because you can't read it, you know. And if you and if there's errors on the first page of of a book or a story that's published, you know that's a killer. That's a killer because most people, uh, if they're interested in anything that you've written, they're gonna sample it first before they decide to download it or purchase it. They're gonna sample it first. I, and I think that's why a lot of people do not um, review. I, I think that's the reason why sometimes you don't need a, a a review to sell a book. All you need is all you need is a synopsis of your book, where people can sample your book, sample a few pages of it. And they will make up their mind from there, not a. Uh, uh, two, three, or four, five, or six, or a thousand, two thousand reviews because people are fickle. I mean, just because this person over here says that you have a great book because they sampled it, An uh, another person may say it's a rotten book. They s they've read the same thing and they think it's rotten. You know, so and they put up a rotten review. You give a good review for the same thing. You know, so reviews can also uh, uh, ruin your book. I mean, if you get too many bad ones, it can ruin your book. So I think a book with no reviews that has had 
a thousand downloads or more, or more is better than a book who is better than a book um, with 25 five-star reviews with only five downloads. Because a lot of times people will re people can read your book for free online. They don't have to buy it. They can read it for free. You know, if they have a, uh, Amazon Prime or something or, or something, they can read it for free. People can take your book out and read it for free. And Amazon will pay you for how many pages that <laughs> give you a little bit of, uh, 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 give you a few pennies of royalties uh, when someone reads your book. You know, and that, that's one of the things about Amazon. They, they will pay the royalties. It may not be, you know, as much as some people think it should be or ought to be. You know, you never know when somebody's paying you royalties on your book and they're telling you how many people have bought your book. You never know. You have to you have to keep an eye on that because people can cheat you. Amazon can say, well, you only had 50 books sold and you know that you've had over 2000. You know, or more, you know, so you have to keep uh, abreast of what you're selling. You have to be keep abreast of the market. You got to keep abreast of publicity. Because in this day and age, not many people read much anymore. Not many people are going to go to the library and take out a book. Not many people are going to go to uh, uh, Borders to get a book. Actually, Borders is closed. But anyway, not, not too many people are going to go out and buy a book. There's too much to do now besides reading. I mean, you've got iPhones. You've got laptop computers. You've got telephones. You get, I mean, you just got it all. A lot of technology is taking people away from reading. I, 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 I remember back in the day where you would walk downtown or you would, you know, walk downtown, the downtown Chicago Loop, and all you seen were people with a newspaper in their hands. People or they're sitting on the subway and everybody got a, has a newspaper or a magazine or, or a, a, a hardback uh, book. You don't see that anymore. You don't see everybody's got a phone now. They have a phone and they're, you know, looking down at their phone 24-7. Their phone is their life. People are sleeping with their phones. I know that for a fact. <laughs> they are sleeping with their phones. Anyway, I don't know how I got off on this tangent. But anyway, the George Wilder Jr. Show is uh, on the air, author Amanda Adams. And we're going to have commentary on the show. As you know, this is about politics. I try not to make it about politics, but we're living in a time where we have to um, pay attention to what's going on. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of Chicago, and we are helping to make the world a better place, one show at a time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding the show, downloading the show, and just having a great time. Here we go.
that has gone viral, and he had an ultimatum for his fans that support the president. Any fan of mine who's a supporter of his, I'm drawing in the sand a line, you're either for or against. And if you can't decide who you like more in your split on who you should stand beside, I'll do it for you with this. You. The rest of America, stand up. All right, here to discuss CNN political commentator Anna Navarro and Ben Ferguson. Nice to have both of you in studio. Good morning. So, Anna, let me start with you. Mm. What do you think about what Eminem did? You know, he obviously is a huge rapper. He has sold millions and millions of records. He has a big following. Do you think that, uh. I mean, and he's in Michigan, which is significant politically, do you think that this matters and gets any traction with his, you know, fan base? Look, I certainly cannot speak for his fan base. I am not a member of it. I can't, you know, other than Slim Shady, I'm not sure I could recognize a single song. I'm sure that comes, with a, that I'm sure that comes with a huge shock to you. I come at this from a, a broader uh, freedom of speech aspect, right? And I think we are in the midst of a very broad and complicated freedom of speech debate in this country, whether it's flag, anthem, uh, you know, right-wing white supremacist psychologists, whether it is freedom of speech like we just saw exercised by Eminem, uh, the press, you know, the, gov the president of the United States threatening the press with taking away licenses from networks that he thinks are against him. There is a very broad freedom of speech going on uh, debate in, in the United States, and I think we have to be so vigilant about it. I come at this also from the, you know, the angle from being a political exile. I fled communism, as I said to you last night. I live in Miami. In Miami, my friend Gloria Stefan's songs, they can't be played in Cuba. It's illegal to play Gloria's songs in Cuba. Willie Chirino, illegal to play his songs in Cuba. Celia Cruz, illegal to play her songs in Cuba. And they're not even profane. They're just talking about freedom. So I think it is an aspect of America that makes us great. Freedom of speech, and we have to defend it, whether we like the content or not. Do you think, it, that, hold on one second, do yeah. you think that President Trump is encroaching on freedom of speech? Uh, I don't. I think he's challenging people, which is exactly what tells us we have real freedom of speech in this country. I think Eminem and what he did, flicking off the president, telling people you're either on my team or you're not against this president, you're no longer a part of my group is brilliant marketing by him. He's got an album coming out. But let's look at the source of this. I have no respect for Eminem. This is a guy that talks about how to rape women, how to assault women. This is a guy also politically that I don't put any stock in what he says because he's attacked George Bush when he had an album coming out. He attacked Hillary Clinton when he had an album coming out. He attacks now Donald Trump when he has an album coming out. He's an opportunist that understands that if you go out there and act like this Billy Bad A, and you rap about it, and you give the finger to the president of the United States of America, you're going to get millions of dollars in I think he might press. be giving the finger but to his fans. But I, I, I think he's giving it to Donald Trump, too. You don't think he has a moral high ground. Well, I, I, no, he doesn't have a moral high ground because the guy literally has made a right. living. If you listen to his lyrics about wanting to kill people, choking women's vocal cords to the point where they can't speak at, while raping them, these are his new lyrics. This isn't 10 years ago lyrics. But I think that to Anna's point, but, but, but just one more thing about like the president saying that he's going to revoke, you know, news licenses uh, for the press. You don't yeah. think that that's I, look, I, on freedom I, of speech? I think the president has to be very careful to not go too far in that way. I think it's fine to point out bias or news stories that are inaccurate. Yeah, uh, I make different. a living off of those airwaves, right, as a talk show host. As yeah. a TV commentator, so Sean Hannity, by the way, right, who's dissing the media. Right, but 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 I have a I, I don't like it when we start talking about pulling someone's license. That, that's that, too that, far. I, I think that's too far in general. 
but I, but I also think that it's too far for a rapper to come out and to say that I'm going to give you that finger and That's I'm going to do but this. But a rapper's and, and different part, than the president. But, it's different than the right, president. But, but when look the president at all the people speaks, that, I mean, even Ellen. He has Ellen, to be more careful. Right, but here's my thing. Even, I mean, even Ellen tough. DeGeneres tweets out, I love Eminem. This is a woman who says that she would never have Trump on her show, but says she loves a rapper whose okay. lyrics talk about raping women. How can we not call that out as being absurd? Well, okay. but it's equally absurd for people to support a man who talked about grabbing women and then, you know, get all holy roller when it comes which, which, to a hip-hop rapper. So, you know, it's beyond too far for uh, Donald Trump to threaten to yank licenses because the, he doesn't like the content of what a network is saying. It is authoritarian. It is undemocratic. It is un-American. It is unconstitutional. And we should all be denouncing it strongly because, you see, the big danger here is that we all get numb to the crazy stuff Donald Trump says and thinks it's not going to end up being anything. But it really may be something. And I do think that it's affecting the national psyche. Look, what, what Eminem said, and like I tell you, I can't even talk about his former lyrics because I don't know anything about his former lyrics. I did hear what he said now. And what he said now, yes, laced with a lot of profanity, is what a lot of people are saying about the wall, about, you know, how dare Donald Trump talk about patriotism when he has been beating up on John McCain, who is a patriot and who is a hero. So a lot of the things that he was voicing are being voiced around kitchen tables, not but, but in got, rap yeah, and yeah, not with profanity, a, think, but yes, the content. And, but, but and, to, and when he says it, when he says to his fans, you know, uh, here's a line in the sand. Let me tell you, that is very symptomatic of America right now. Certainly not in those words, but it's going on in American families. It's going on in American workplaces. There's division. Where there are yeah. lands. And, yeah, but I also think the left has to be very careful to not wrap themselves around, just like Ellen DeGeneres did, for example, right. a guy who is so disgusting and vile towards women okay. just because but ben, he's anti-Trump. I could anti -Trump. turn that exactly around. I could say wait, the right has got to be very careful not to wrap themselves around a guy who is so disgusting and vile that he talked about grabbing women. Again, I denounced that, and I said that it was inappropriate when it happened. I never defended Donald Trump when he said that, and I said it was absolutely wrong. I'm consistent in what I'm saying here about the standard. But I think what we're also seeing, and it worries me, is that we now are in a culture where it doesn't matter what your resume says, how vile, how disgusting, how, how sick you are, and, and misogynist towards women, that the left will come out and wrap their arms around Eminem and send out tweets saying, I love you, when this is what you're selling. And remember, Ellen DeGeneres should look at this. Ellen, Ellen comes out almost every day, though, and talks comments. about women. But let's, let's look at Ellen here. She says she will not have the president on her show because of what he said. But she will tell all of her audience that she loves but Eminem, which is saying, go buy his yeah. lyrics, you, you, you go buy hold, his album. I think we should hold a I think you hold both of the same, same standards. Oh, I don't. I, I certainly don't. I think you hold both the same standards. The, the I, rapper I doesn't have consistent. the nuclear code. All righty. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what it is. That's Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, folks. Uh, <laughs> glad you're out there. Glad you're listening. I appreciate your time and all of that good stuff. And we've... Uh, I wanted to, something just been thrown across my desk. Larry Flint offers $10 million for information that will get Donald Trump impeached. Wow. Now, this should be on every network <laughs> covered by all the nightly news because this is true. I mean, I've, I've researched it and I've uh, 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 seen it in uh, other vital um news outlets saying the same thing. And Larry Flint is, I think he is the publisher of uh, Hustler Magazine, uh, um, 
pornographic magazines, but, uh, you know, I mean, you, you can take it for what it's worth. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Um, Amanda Adams is the guest author on the show. Let's see uh, if that uh, goes down. All righty. Okay, we're broadcasting live out of the city of Chicago, and uh, it is dark. <laughs> it is so dark. All righty. Uh, daylight, daylight savings time, right? Okay. All right. You're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Hi, my name is uh, Hugh. I'm calling from Virginia. I just came across your show. I'm a patriot. I am a Vietnam-era veteran. I actually share common background with President Trump, but I'm not into the ego like he is. And I have some interesting things that I'm bringing forth to help get this country back on track because people are not focusing on the big picture and that's spirituality and that's what can unite us, not based on religion, but uh, this is the greatest country there ever was and the mission of the global elites is total chaos. So any way it comes about is what they're for and what we have to do is take personal responsibility in our own lives and do what Gandhi said, be the change that you want in the world. So do you want a world full of chaos or do you want to use the existing technologies in a way now to unite and mirror out to the world what America can truly represent, freedom, liberty, and justice for all? I'd love to share my name so you can see who I am and uh, be able to investigate all the experiences I've had throughout my entire life. It's been pretty bizarre, and even one of my stepmothers was married in Gracie Mansion by Rudy Giuliani when he was mayor. Wow, that sounds great. Okay, uh, what is your name? Yes, my name is Hugh, H-U-G-H. The last name is Charlson. It's spelled T like Tom, R-A-U-L. S-E-N like Nancy. If you put that on YouTube, there's various interviews. You'll even hear me speaking with Maya Angelou and the kind words she had to say about a poem I authored titled Caring Sharing, which I discuss as a weapon against terrorism. The poem is in the President Ronald Reagan Library, and uh, currently I'm looking to utilize it to help the people of Haiti in a unique way to have people uh, look at their lives and help people that they'll never meet, but that will be a blessing back to them. So it's all according to the choices that you make in life. And a hundred years is like the blink of an eye in terms of eternity. These global elites, whoever they are with all the money, you can't take it with you. And I say you're going to be fully accountable when you go back into spirit. So really, people should focus on that. And here I throw out an example. Which would you rather be, a embittered paraplegic billionaire or a happy person with your basic needs met that's healthy? Uh, some people might choose the billionaire right away, but I think after a couple of days, they'd be tired of that and regret it. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. Uh, some people would probably choose the money over uh, values. That's no doubt about that. Uh, but some may <laughs> may decide that uh, money uh, doesn't always uh, is not always the answer. So what do you think about Trump's want, wanting to take away NBC license uh, because they are, they're not reporting what he wants in the report? 
Well, I will say this. I support any president in office, but I have not seen a president in office since John F. Kennedy, who was truly looking to empower the people. They're all about control. Yeah. And uh, this president, I, as a, a veteran, when he was campaigning, and it's available on YouTube, he even made his finger like a gun. When he said he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and it wouldn't affect the loyalties of his voters. I immediately challenged that and said, as a Vietnam-era veteran, I would proudly stand on Fifth Avenue and allow him to shoot me. I said, I don't think it will happen. It's illegal in America. But if he was successful, when people saw he was shooting, I think he'd lose most of, if not all, his voters. Now, my last name also has global recognition. Charleston refrigerators are in Trump hotels and even in the White House kitchens. I'm the firstborn child of the founder. So I, I have a lot of things that I'm just bringing out now. I'm working on transforming global economics, education, politics, religion, and more, empowering women and indigenous people in the process, making everything ethical, legal, moral, and transparent. So the global elites that have the lock on the mainstream media now and other things, uh, the transparency is coming very quickly, and they can't handle social media and these big corporations. I say, any company today, you can have the best product, the best customer service, but in addition, you have to be empowering your customers, your employees, being good yeah. to the environment and giving back to the community in ethical, legal, moral ways. And uh, I say to people, election day is every single day you buy a product. If you're buying web-based yeah. painted toys out of China through Walmart, your kids don't have a choice, but you do. And a lot of people yeah. don't even know Walmart paid a fine of $82 million for dumping pesticides down storm drains. It's in and out of the consciousness yeah. of people. So they paid the fine, they moved on, but what's to stop them from doing it again or doing something else they'll learn their lessons when they lose all their customer base yeah uh yeah i i totally i totally agree they will learn their lessons and uh thanks for being on the show this is all about making the world a better place thank you for your call thank you bye-bye all right you've been listening to the george wilder doing the show on blog talk radio it's always interesting the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. The President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States have planned and executed a cheap, cynical political stunt which disrespected, exploited, and desecrated the flag of this country. It was a stunt so degrading to what this nation means and who Americans are that the President and the Vice President should resign in shame. The Vice President, Mr. Pence, acted as if he was offended at San Francisco 49ers football players who knelt during the national anthem, left their game, and then tweeted in high and condescending dudgeon about why he left and how he would not dignify the event, and it was all part of a sleazy political stunt. The president, this baboon Trump, then not only took credit for Pence's supposedly spontaneous political tactic, but made Pence out as a liar by boasting that he had asked Pence to leave the stadium and thereby confirmed that both the action and Pence's tweet were all part of a sleazy political stunt. And an unidentified aide to Pence then revealed that for once, Trump, who claims credit for the actions of others or the outcomes of life so often that you could predict its likelihood as part of a weather report, was in this case not lying. The pool reporter accompanying Pence to the Indianapolis stadium was told to stay in the press van because, to quote a CNN reporter, that the vice president would leave the game early. The unidentified aide might as well have handed out a press release that said Pence and this water buffalo Trump had scheduled down to the minute all the parts of a sleazy political stunt. This issue of athletes kneeling or locking arms or raising fists during our national anthem is no longer merely about their correct protest of those police who have lost their way in dealing with the minorities of this country. This issue of athletes protesting is now a smaller part of a very big, very hypocritical, very dangerous plan being undertaken by this jackass Trump, this falsely pious Pence, and their toadies and apologists and jackboots who support them and would turn this democracy into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with and to symbolize the police where protesting the police will get you publicly vilified. They would turn this healthily argumentative republic into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with the national anthem, where failing to stay at attention during the anthem will get you fired from your job. And they would turn this spectacularly diverse and rich bastion of freedom into an authoritarian and homogenous state. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. The President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States have Yeah. Hey. 
I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. The President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States have planned and executed a cheap, cynical political stunt which disrespected, exploited, and desecrated the flag of this country. It was a stunt so degrading to what this nation means and who Americans are that the President and the Vice President should resign in shame. The Vice President, Mr. Pence, acted as if he was offended at San Francisco 49ers football players who knelt during the national anthem, left their game, and then tweeted in high and condescending dudgeon about why he left and how he would not dignify the event, and it was all part of a sleazy political stunt. The president, this baboon Trump, then not only took credit for Pence's supposedly spontaneous political tactic, but made Pence out as a liar by boasting that he had asked Pence to leave the stadium and thereby confirmed that both the action and Pence's tweet were all part of a sleazy political stunt. And an unidentified aide to Pence then revealed that for once, Trump, who claims credit for the actions of others or the outcomes of life so often that you could predict its likelihood as part of a weather report, was in this case not lying. The pool reporter accompanying Pence to the Indianapolis stadium was told to stay in the press van because, to quote a CNN reporter, that the vice president would leave the game early. The unidentified aide might as well have handed out a press release that said Pence and this water buffalo Trump had scheduled down to the minute all the parts of a sleazy political stunt. This issue of athletes kneeling or locking arms or raising fists during our national anthem is no longer merely about their correct protest of those police who have lost their way in dealing with the minorities of this country. This issue of athletes protesting is now a smaller part of a very big, very hypocritical, very dangerous plan being undertaken by this jackass Trump, this falsely pious Pence, and their toadies and apologists and jackboots who support them and would turn this democracy into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with and to symbolize the police where protesting the police will get you publicly vilified. They would turn this healthily argumentative republic into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with the national anthem, where failing to stay at attention during the anthem will get you fired from your job. And they would turn this spectacularly diverse and rich bastion of freedom into an authoritarian and homogenous state in which they and Pence and Trump begin to be equated with the flag, and failing to salute the flag will get you beaten in the streets by the kinds of scum who marched again in Virginia Saturday night, the kinds of scum about which Vice President Pence said nothing. This farce was a divisive, craven, cynical desecration of our flag for purely political purposes by people who claimed they were protesting a divisive, craven, cynical desecration of our flag for purely political purposes. The national anthem is a song. It's a song, the music to which was stolen from something the English once sang in their pubs while they got drunk. If it represents anything about America, it represents our right to sing along or to stay silent. But it is a song. It is not America. The flag is a flag. It is a piece of cloth. And many of the flags these frauds, Pence and Trump, want you to stare at as if they dispensed eternal life were manufactured in other countries 
If the flag represents anything about America, it represents our right to protest it when those wrapping themselves in it are doing wrong. It is just a flag. It is not America. And most important of all, protest is protest. You are not loyal or patriotic because you stand during an old British drinking song, nor because you salute a flag that might have been made in China. You are loyal or patriotic because you try to make this nation better and to take action on its behalf and to not say love it or leave it, but rather to say love it and improve it. This nation is built on protest. And that is so fundamentally true, so important. And what Pence and Trump did was so cynical and so un-American that their stunt was denounced by the Indiana branch of the American Legion. Since this dictator in training Trump began to urinate on our flag and our Constitution, now using the vice president as the proverbial organ grinder used to use the proverbial monkey, opposition to National Football League players protesting has become support by 51% to 42%. Opposition to how Trump has threatened retaliation is more than two-thirds. But it is not for the majority of this country that these amoral curs, Trump and Pence, pulled their fetid little stunt on Sunday. The message behind the anti-player crowd is, the football players are disrespecting the flag. The football players are mostly African-American. The African-Americans are disrespecting the flag. It is divisive, it is racist, it is cynical, it is everything this country has fought for 241 years to not become. And it stops here, because the people disrespecting the flag are not the athletes who see a profound and painful and life and death problem and seek by symbolism to stop it and fix it and heal it. The people disrespecting our flag are Donald Trump and Mike Pence and their clan of white supremacists who see their chance to whip up unthinking, blind-saluting white robots into believing the flag is theirs and theirs alone. And this kind of race-baiting, Donald Trump's kind of race-baiting, will not be permitted in our country. We have been through this, and we will not let a hateful, cynical, stupid demagogue like Donald Trump drag us back into that cave of prejudice. The flag will stay. The anthem will stay. The right to protest them both, the player's right, my right, your right, will stay. Donald Trump and this little clown Mike Pence, they will go. Resist. Remove. This has been a weird whiplash kind of news cycle. Late last night, the administration announced suddenly that it will deliberately throw a wrench into the American health care system. Uh, a policy change from the administration that didn't have to go through Congress. It will have the effect of costing the government about $200 billion over the next... All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. 
but we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. You're watching The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. That's right. Dr. Umar Johnson. Peace and love. Peace and love, family. Bro? All is well. Glad Good to, to be back. Now, now, let's get right to it, man. In yes, light sir. of everything that's going on, mm-hmm. what are the solutions? I what think we've the... discussed the problem so much. What are the solutions? All right. Before I state the solution... I would have to challenge you on that because although we talk about the problems a lot, a lot of people don't understand how the problem operates. Gotcha. Let me give you an example. Take miseducation. Okay. People know the children aren't learning. They know black boys are not graduating. They know special ed is an issue. They know ADHD is a problem, but they don't know how this operates. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how the child goes from the classroom into the special education system. Okay. So they have to be taught how it operates. You follow? So we understand that police uh, genocide is a problem in the black community. We understand that uh, structural inequality, disproportionality, i.e. racism is a problem. But do we understand how racism operates? So I think that once you understand how the problem operates and manifests itself, you're now in a position to solve it. Mm. Someone comes to me for therapy. Before I do any therapy, what I do, a clinical history. Mm. Is there depression in your family? Have you been depressed before? Have you ever contemplated suicide? So I have to understand your background and how you've been living your life in order to solve your current everyday problems. So now, coming to the present, what we're seeing going on around the country, let's be honest. Africans were brought to America to serve, to serve. We're no longer necessary for the American economic order to operate. They don't need us to function. That explains the purging. That explains the ethnic cleansing. Even with all these Negroes making money? Well, remember now, when you look at the black folks who are rich, they are a small percentage of the general body politic of the community. You understand? 85% of black folks are struggling. Half of our children grow up in poverty. Most of our single-parent black mothers are poor, even with a burgeoning rate of black women earning their college degrees. Mm. So simply put, black America is suffering despite the television projection of success. Yes, we are more educated than ever before. We have the bachelors, we have the masters, we have the doctorates. But that er that education has not taken place alongside an increase in wealth acquisition. We're smarter, but we still don't own anything. Mm. But we, we know we're poor. We know some of us are not well-educated. We know some of us have a, a lot of problems due to where we're growing up in, in our environment. Yes. But, but besides all of that, mm-hmm. we got a bigger problem with racism. It's the way that other people look at us. I agree. You know, you know what I mean? Cause, but I'm not saying it's right, but the way we look at ourselves is bad, too. Yes. You know what I mean? Because if I'm walking down the street and I see some brothers with some hoods on, it makes me think twice. Right. So if it makes me think twice, I know it's going to make somebody else think twice, but it doesn't give us the, get, does, doesn't give them the right to put a... But that's based off your experiences, though. But like, it is based like you know, yeah. It's like, also based off conditioning. Mm-hmm. The conditioning is critical. Media is critical right. to the social agenda of any country. You understand? You take Adolf Hitler. Before he did what he did in, mm-hmm. in, in Germany, he conducted a media campaign that sought to destroy the image, 
the image of a European Jew in the German mind before the physical Holocaust began. Mm -hmm. Same thing in America. Before you begin taking the black life, you must kill the image of the black life. Mm -hmm. So when you look at gangster rap, which plays a hand in it, mm -hmm. okay, when you look at mm -hmm. the way in which we're portrayed in movies, mm -hmm. when you look at the way in which we're portrayed on radio, uh, popular media, magazines, uh, it is in a very negative way as if to say these people, the world would be better off without these people. That's why so they once release you, people criminal records when exactly, they kill them. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. In other words, it's not so bad that he died because he went to jail anyway. Mm -hmm. So you have to kill the image before you kill the person. Why? Because people will take up for people who are unjustly treated. But if you can convince the world that we would be better off without these people by killing their image, then when the physical carnage begins, no one will care. How do we change that, though? How, how do we change the way that America looks at African-Americans? And how do we change the fact that these uh, racist individuals, racist police officers, stop pulling out the gun? See, I think it's you have to penalize them. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, it's kind of like a kid. You know, your kid does something bad, and you say, okay, it's okay, he's going to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you bust his ass, next time he's thinking about doing it, he's going to be like, well, you know what, my pops is going to bust my ass. I feel like the police officers that kill African Americans, just kill people in general, they don't get penalized for it. I agree with it. You're absolutely correct. For example, behavioral psychology, two basic laws is what? All behavior is a function mm -hmm. of the context in which it takes place. The American racial hierarchy, it's, it's a function of the context. And then it's a function of the consequences mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you follow. Mm -hmm. So in other words, behavior never stands still. Whether it's you, whether it's a child, whether it's a country, whether it's the police. Behavior is always getting worse right. or it's always getting better. So when Zimmerman wasn't punished for Trayvon, right. that automatically created a context Absolutely. for it to happen again. Right. Do, do you understand? Walter Scott, uh, Tamir Rice, it creates a context. Michael so the Brown. next police officer yeah. says, well, wait a minute. I can be a little bit more trigger happy because the last five black men and women, Sandra Bland, who were murdered by police were not held accountable. So when you do nothing about misbehavior, mm -hmm. then you're actually supporting its repeating Now, itself. what do protests do? Because people protest and they say, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I love the unity and I, and I love the unity of African-American people. I, I, I wish we could be more unified when it's not just a, a brother dying. But I feel like sometimes the protest, what is it getting accomplished? Okay. You know? And the reason I ask that is because, you know, you protest, you set down a highway, there's an ambulance that's trying to get somebody to a hospital, that person dies in the ambulance. You know, mm -hmm. I'm stuck in traffic. I can't pick up my kid at 5 p.m. So what is the protest actually doing? Is it, is it going to make the cop look at us any better? Like, what can we do besides, I think, the protest? I don't know if the protest really works. Right. Well, first of all, we got to keep in mind that the black person is normally dead before the ambulance shows up to get him in the first place. <laughs> so let's be clear on that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, Envy. Protest is the first stage of any political economic struggle. Right. Protest is your marketing program to let the world know what I stand for, what's happening to mm -hmm. me, and what I want. Protest allows you to control the public narrative about your struggle. Mm -hmm. Without the protest, the world doesn't know why you're doing what you're doing. That's so real. protest is important mm -hmm. because it is your way to put out your message. Gotcha. So you can't do nothing without it. Because the problem with black people is there's nothing after the protest. Right. Do you understand? The protest becomes the goal instead of the means to the end. That's what I keep asking. What is the solution? What's the next action? Like we saw Well, let me tell you what has to happen now. Okay. Because now we're in a state of crisis for black America. Okay. Three things black America has failed to do which is going to keep this carnage machine in place, this police genocide. Number one, we have failed to publicly criticize and hold accountable the executive branch of the United States government. Mm -hmm. 
i.e. President Barack Obama. Despite all the killings, despite all the murders, despite an unemployment rate. And you are now listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We've been having some difficulty, <laughs> uh, technical difficulties, folks. We may have been off the air for a while or or some things that just went wild. I know I was uh, uh, hosting the show and suddenly, you know, <laughs> the sound went out in my earphones. And, you know, I'm thinking, wow, uh-oh, something's going on. And it has. It always has. But anyway, hopefully uh, you can hear this broadcast right now. And maybe you've heard it uh, a few sec- seconds ago. However, uh, we've been uh, having some uh, difficulties. I hope you hang in there and uh, we'll try to get this uh, um, rectified as soon as possible. All right. You've been listening to the George Water Jr. Show. I want to thank my guests the caller uh for appearing on the show for being on the show and doing the show he did a great job i always love people who call in and and say something meaningful and say something that we can all um um uh, relate to and uh that's what the show is all about making the world a better place as i was starting to talk about larry flint uh the guy uh i i'm assuming he's still the owner of um Hustler magazine, a porn magazine where, you know, women uh, dressed in straggly clothes or no clothes at all. Um, he is offering uh, $10 million for information to get Donald Trump impeached. That has to send uh, chills of Donald Trump and the people around him. $10 million for, for any kind of information to get Donald Trump impeached. I, I want to tell Larry Flint one thing. You ain't got to offer no $10 million to get this man impeached. This man is getting himself impeached. You know, there is so much on Donald Trump. It's a damn shame. Donald Trump should have never been president with his with with his uh, negative background baggage. He should have never been in office. He should not be president. And so many people are saying the same thing, that he is a illegitimate fake president. He he. You know, I mean, Larry Flint, and a, a lot of us want this man out of office. There's no doubt about it. But I don't know enough information to get him impeached. Even if they, even if someone came and said, well, I got all this information on Trump. It's going to get him impeached. Remember, we have a Republican Congress. Uh, and they are aiding and abetting Donald Trump. They're, I, I don't care. I don't think... Uh, anything that you try to uh, get on Donald Trump is going to work because the, because the Republicans in Congress, the House and in the Senate, they are not going to impeach him no matter what some no matter what important information they may get on this man. We've already got so much on him already. You know, I mean, if it works, it works. It'll be good for America if it works. But I don't know. I don't think this is going to work. Uh, but anyway, if you haven't heard Larry Flint the owner of of Hustler magazine uh, offers ten million dollars to anybody who gets some more dirt on Donald Trump to get him impeached. And I just got through saying I, I don't know if that's going to work because you've got a Republican Congress who is aiding and abetting Trump, who is protecting him, 
who is allowing him to be the asshole that he is. So uh, I, I really don't know. But if it should happen, if someone should come along and say, hey, wow, I got dirt on Donald Trump that's going to get him out of office. Hey, I'm all for it. But, you know, I don't think it's going to happen with this Congress because they are crooks. They are crooks. You know, they are buffoons. Just like Keith Oberman just got through saying this Buffalo water, <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo water Trump. I mean, Keith, I love Keith. I mean, Keith really gets, he really gets in Trump's ass. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that uh, Trump hasn't mentioned Keith Olbermann or Anna Navarro. These are people who, who stay in his butt, you know, but he can go after the weak. He can go after black people, uh, football players, African-Americans, racists, Muslims, and children. He can go after these people who are weak, but strong people, he's not, he's going to stay away from strong white people. He's going to stay away from. He's going to go after black people because he, he's a racist from the get-go. He's also a white nationalist. There's no doubt about it. This man is a white nationalist. He's a racist. And uh, so this is interesting. It, it's interesting to see how far this is going to go. This may go as far as the length of my nose. I don't know. But then it could go as far as, as uh, the White House. It could go as far as getting this guy impeached. We just have to see where it goes. And this is, this is extraordinary. I'm, not, I'm surprised that it's not being reported on uh, on a lot of these uh, local news stations and, and world news. It may have been, but, you know, because it is true. This is not fake news. I would, George Wilder Jr. show is not about fake news. It's about everything that's authentic. And um, we just have to see where it goes. And again, right here, it's saying that Trump is trying to take uh, the license away from NBC because they're not reporting what he wants them to report. What gall this man has. What gall. He has to check with the FCC on that one. And they, <laughs> they say this man can't do that. I mean, he doesn't, Donald Trump doesn't even know how the FCC operates. He didn't even know that he was president of the Virgin Islands. And it's, and it's always saying the U.S. Virgin Islands. This man is backwards. He doesn't know anything. He, he shouldn't be in office. He's unfit. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's wrecking the country. He's throwing 23, he's, he, if I can get this right, he's, he's throwing 23 million people off their health care because he's upending Obamacare with, with an executive order. I don't know. That, that, that would seem to me breaking the uh, uh, laws of the Constitution. But Donald Trump doesn't care about the Constitution. The Republicans doesn't care about the Constitution. These guys piss on the Constitution. But anyway, this guy wants to take away the license of NBC. No, now it's NBC. At first it was the New York Times. Then it was the Washington Post. Then it was CNN. Now it's NBC. If anybody has a war with the American people, it's Donald Trump. He doesn't have a war with Iran or any other rogue country. He has a war. President Donald Trump, and I very seldom, seldom say President Donald Trump because he's not my president. He's a fake president. He should not be in that office, and we all know that. 
We all know that. He's a fake president. Donald Trump, his war is with the American people. This is his war. His, his war is against us, his own people. When the last time you ever heard a uh, president of the United States uh, trying to hurt his own people, doing things to uh, hurt his own people as, as if throwing them off their health care so they can't go to the doctor because he's so entrenched on getting rid of Obamacare. It's a shame. So, uh, I mean, there are so many reasons to why Larry Flint is offering $10 million for anything to get Trump impeached. Uh, my understanding is one of his reasons is that he feels that Donald Trump is a sexual assaulter, especially with that video, that 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 extra Hollywood uh, video that everybody in the world heard uh, him say he heard Donald Trump say, the president of the United States say he, he grabs women by their pussies because, because he's a big star. These words came out of his mouth. These are not uh, the words of the George Wilder Jr. show. It's an access Hollywood video. Uh, and everybody saw it with Billy Bush. And everybody saw this. And, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people remember. And that, that's one of the reasons I think Larry Flynn is offering $10 million to get more information on getting through saying you got a Republican Congress. That's going to be really, really hard to do because they're aiding and abetting betting Donald Trump. They're just as much criminals as he is. So um, now he wants to take away the license of NBC. He wants Donald Trump wants to be king. He wants to be emperor, <laughs> king, emperor of the United States. He's already a dictator. He wants to be a dictator. The thing about being a dictator, it doesn't work in America. I don't care if the Republicans in Congress believe that or not. Donald Trump, the American people will not let this asshole become a dictator. He wants control over everything in the United States. He wants control over the sports. He wants control over the agencies. He wants control over everything. He wants the control over the courts. He wants control. If if he can control it, if he thinks it ought to be ought to be in his control, he wants to control it. And some assholes around him uh, think he should be controlling everything. He's a dictator. The American people, we are not going to let that happen. This guy is just the president of the United States. He's a servant of all American people, whether he likes it or not. And believe me, this guy does not like that. He wants you to, he thinks that we are his servants instead of him being our servants, backwards thinking. I mean, social media is burning up with uh, this taste for Donald Trump and he knows it. So he tries to hit back at social media like Facebook and Twitter because he wants to come after people who are saying nasty and rude and unkind things about him, just like the media is. However, if you think about it, the media is basically telling the truth. They're telling the truth. on the, He doesn't like it. 
because the truth makes him look bad. Donald Trump looked bad the day he walked into the White House. Donald Trump took an oath to the Constitution of the United States, and he is breaking every amendment, every, the First Amendment, second, I mean, every amendment he's breaking. And the uh, House of Representatives and Congress and the Senate, these people should go to jail with him because they are aiding and abetting him. They're letting a man who is dangerous, unfit, unstable, crazy, looney tunes stay in the White House and wreck the country. That's what's going on. He's wrecking this country, and he loves doing it. He loves doing it. He thinks that he should, if the courts don't go his way, fire them. If the lawyers don't see things his way, he wants to fire people. Well, let me tell you something, Donald Trump. The American people are going to fire you. You. You like you, you liked firing people so much? You like getting rid of people so much? We're going to get rid of you. And then the next president that we elect in office, we're going to overturn everything that you've signed, just like you did Obama, trying to destroy his legacy. The next president, uh, and I'm not talking about Mike Pence, because he should go to jail right along with you. I'm talking about a, a, a liberal, a progressive president who's going to uh, walk into that um, White House that you allegedly called a dump. Uh, and he's going to wipe away every executive uh, thing that you tried to do, just like you're doing with Obama. So when you're doing, uh, he doesn't, Donald Trump probably doesn't know this. He doesn't know that when he does an executive order, it's not going to stick. Executive orders are made to be erased with a pencil eraser. You can just erase the law off the books. It's nothing like going through something legislatively where you have the House and the Senate voting on a bill, and if they both pass the bill, the bill goes to the president's desk and he signs it. That, that's more stable, that's more functional than an executive order. Executive orders can be erased by the next president, just like uh, Trump as he erased, trying to erase Obama's legacy, everything that Obama has done uh, ex with executive orders, he's erasing it. Just, just like everything with Donald Trump's executive orders can be also nullified and erased by the next president. That's the way uh, America works. That's the way the Constitution works. I know Donald Trump doesn't like that, and I know some of those Republicans who are kissing his ass every day, they don't like it also either. <laughs> I'm a little heated here, folks. Um, but uh, he can't stand the press. Donald Trump cannot stand the press at all. He wants their licenses taken away. This man, all he is doing by being so mean, so nasty, so vile, he's making more people hate him. He doesn't even realize that the press can make or break you. They can break him, and he knows it. So he wants to try to break them first before they try to break him. He doesn't give two goddamn about the uh, uh, First Amendment, the freedom of speech. He don't think we should have freedom of speech. He think everybody who says something nasty about him, they should be fired or in jail or dead. This is Donald Trump. 
what kind of mess have we've gotten ourselves into? However, uh, a lot of those uh, Republicans, uh, uh, and they control everything. They control the House. They control the Senate. They control a lot of the governorships around America. A lot of them are saying that um, come November uh, 6, uh, 2018, when people have to vote in the midterms, they feel, a lot of them feel that they're going to be wiped out because of Donald Trump and because of their aiding and abetting of this man. And they're right. They will be wiped out. And when they're wiped out, and I've said this several times, and I've seen this somewhere, I've said this several times, once the Democrats take control of the House, hopefully they'll take control of the Senate also, I don't know, but once they take control of the House, they will be able to impeach Trump. This is what the Republicans are afraid of. Once the Democrats take over, that the Democrats will impeach Trump because that's what America wants. America wants Donald Trump out of the White House. Donald Trump knows this. His family knows this. The Republicans in Congress knows this. These Republicans, they are dead in the water when it comes to November 2016. They will lose their jobs. They will lose their health care and see how they like it. See how they like losing everything, taking away your health care, my health care, because they just want to be nasty. They just want to find a way to get rid of Obamacare, or throw 20 million, 23 million people off their health care. Premium rising. This is crazy. But like I just got through saying, it's an executive order. Once the next president gets in office, and let's hope it's not Mike Pence because he's going to make things worse because he's an asshole for Donald Trump. There's no doubt about that. But, um, uh, yeah, we're just going to have to uh, stick together, folks, and do this uh, the right way. Do this the right way. You've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show. Once again, I want to apologize for <laughs> the the um, disruption or the um, uh, silence in, in the show, if there was any, because I lost sound. We lost a speaker or something, and uh, we had uh, a couple of glitches, but I'm hoping that's okay now. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jewel on Block Talk Radio. Uh, We're going to do this, and we will be right back. You are now listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. All right, we're right back. (laughs) That was quick, right? All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. We've got about 11 more minutes left into the show. Uh, America is a place for... Put it this way. America is no place for dictators, uh, kings, emperors. The people are in control. We are in control. Hate has no home at the George Wilder Jr. show. Say that for the White House. I mean, you can't say that for the White House. And Steve Bannon is still out there. Now, who in the hell wants to listen to Steve Bannon? He was one of the, He's another white supremacist. <laughs> Be kind to one another. Racism makes much racism will make it much harder, but keep trying to make the world a better place. Keep trying 
to be the best person that you can. Keep trying. Do not let racism enter your heart or hate enter your heart. Uh, we have a rogue White House, and they've just done trashed it as far as I'm concerned, and, and the rest of the Americans around here have our concern. Okay, I'm probably one of those people that Donald Trump wants to do something to because, you know, I'm just saying I don't think he's he um uh he he loves to try to come back at his critics. He and he knows that 80% of the American people are his critics. Yeah, the guy wanted to come after Facebook users. Yeah, he said he, he because he knows the majority of the people on Facebook can't stand him and want to see him out of that office. We, the people, control America, not Donald Trump, not the Republicans in Congress. There's 327 million Americans. There's only a few hundred, maybe a couple hundred of Republicans in Congress. Now, who has the edge there? Now, those are, those are some great odds. You know, we got a few, uh, maybe 425, what is it, 425 representatives? 100 senators against 327 million people in the world. And I've, I've had some people say, wow, Trump should be overthrown. I've had people say that on Facebook and on uh, other places, you know, uh, because I know it's it seems like a thousand years away, November, November, um, 6, 2018 seems like a thousand years away, but we have to hang in there, folks. There's no other way to get this guy out because Congress will not do anything. I mean, I actually think I actually think the Republicans are just scared shitless of Donald Trump. They are, and they have all power in the world. They are just, and they are just as equal as the executive office. The legislator, the legislation is just as equal as the executive office. But the but the legislature acts as if they are not uh, the uh, the White House equal. You got three branches of government. You got the legislature, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Three branches, and they're all equal. They're equal bodies. No one is above anyone. The reason why they're equal bodies, they're supposed to be checks and balances. They're supposed to check and balance each other. Uh, the legislative branch is not checking and balancing the executive branch. No, because they're, 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 those two branches are in cahoots. They all should be locked up and led out of there in handcuffs. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We're just going to have to vote them out. People, you can't sit around on your butt. I think there are people, I think there's millions and millions and millions of Americans around America who can't wait to go to the polls. And I've said this before, these people know that we're going to vote them out. And they are going to come up with every kind of shenanigan to suppress the vote. They're going to come up with everything, they're going to pull everything they can out of their asses to try to keep us from going to the polls to vote there and passes out. So we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware of that because they know if we vote the way we vote, 
they are out there. You get some Republican voters who are now um, Democrats because they can't stand it. They can't see. Uh, they can't stand it. They're surprised seeing at this man. Uh, this uh, seeing this man do. There are so many Republican voters out there saying they they regret their vote. And they know that Donald Trump do not give a he does not give a damn about them at all. He does not give two cracks about people, especially the people who voted for him. He's hurting those people the most because a lot of those folks who voted for them, they're taking advantage of Obamacare. Something Trump has probably just dismantled. Stopping the funds. This is a crazy man. He should not be in office. And we all know that. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show. We've got about five and a half more minutes left into the show. And uh, I want to apologize again for the difficulty that we were having on the show. It happens, folks. Sometimes things just stop working. <laughs> all right, America is no place for dictators. And that's what Trump wants to be. No, America is no place for kings. He wants a king, an emperor. The people are in control. America belongs to the people. We pick the people we think that's going to act in our best interest, and we give them a job. We give them great health care. We give them money where they can send their kids to colleges, the best colleges, the best universities. And what do they do? They come back and try to hurt the people who put them in office. They go to Congress to hurt people. They go to Congress to step on people and saying it, it's good for America. I don't think so. I don't think so. This is why I'm saying, hang in there, everybody. Hang in there, everybody. We've got an election coming up. And there's going to be elections uh, uh, leading up to the midterms, the November 2018 midterms. And hopefully... Um, we can get some of these Republicans out, or all of them, every last one of them. Um, turn America blue. The, in every state, there should be no more red states <laughs> whatsoever. I think I'm going to call this episode No More Red States, because that's what is, uh, is messing our country up. They're ruining our country. There is no doubt about it. They are ruining our country and know it. They know it and a lot of them know that they're going their asses they're gonna be out of there. They're ruining our country. But we have to take it back. We're gonna take it back and we're gonna take it back November sixth, twenty eighteen. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.